Hey there, and welcome to the United Church Podcast. We are a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love. We are striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you enjoyed this week's homily. I'm so glad to see all of you this morning. Welcome to Viadoom, or as the city is calling it, the period of critical or maximum congestion or something really particular sounding that doesn't roll off your tongue like Viadoom does. <laughs> Tracy and I were watching the news the other night on Friday night as the, as the viaduct made its closure. I had the opportunity to drive across it that afternoon. I was coming back from Ikea because, you know, last time I'm going there for the next six weeks. And I, I, was, I was driving across it having this very, you know, like surreal moment of like, oh, isn't this beautiful? Isn't this wonderful? I'm so sad to see this thing get torn down. And yet I'm not at the same time. I'm really more sad for the traffic problems that it's going to bring and all that. But Tracy and I were watching the news, and at like 10 o'clock, like the 10 o'clock news, all of a sudden, it was like a massive party had broken out on top of the viaduct. And the news had like choppers circling, and there were people out of their cars running up and down the viaduct, like shooting fireworks off the viaduct. People were having a massive party party on top of this thing. And it was really kind of fun to watch. You got to see all of this sort of unfold. And I felt like, this feels like a really like Seattle thing. Like this just feels normal and good and beautiful. And at the same time, I was really sad not to be there. I, I was in my pajamas because I was about ready for bed. It had been a long day. And I thought, maybe I can just throw on some pants and get out. Maybe I'll just throw my jeans and I'll get out in my car and I can still make it. Or like we live close enough to the tunnel that I could have just ran, right? I could have just ran onto the south deck and been like, woo, let's party, everybody. it, It was that close and I was so close to do it. And then the next day I started seeing people that I know that were there. And I was like, where was my invite? Like, why, why didn't anybody say, hey, come join us, Nicole and Andy? I, I'm so sad that, that I didn't get to be a part of this. But, like, also, like, my friend Jeff was there. He, he was like, he had all these pictures posted on Facebook, like, 957, one of the last cars. Like, and it was so exciting. Like, the pictures of people just standing outside, taking pictures off the viaduct, doing crazy things, running around like lawlessness had taken over the viaduct. It was quite spectacular. There were even stories of people chipping away at it so that they could have a chunk of rock as a memento, a keepsake of the viaduct. I'm like, that's also kind of awesome. Like this, <laughs> in some respects, you're kind of like, is this our Berlin Wall? Like, right? Like that sort of, that, that, like it had that kind of a ring to it, taking out the chunks of the wall. But it was really fun to watch and really exciting to see. And you had this moment where you felt like, oh, yeah, like, This is the party. This is what Seattle is. This is like community taking place right here into the depths of things. And in fact, it was kind of like this pop-up party, right? Like pop-up community where the people that were there all of a sudden had this great camaraderie, this great expectation and experience together. Like, yeah, I was there with you. And we had this moment. We had this thing. We had this 
time together and we'll never forget it. And we'll always be able to talk about, remember when we ran across the viaduct after it was shut down and the police just kind of let us do what we wanted for about an hour and a half, right? But this shared experience, it was instant belonging, which is so fun to think about. Instant belonging, that all you had to do was show up and you belonged. Show up and you belonged there. There was no one ushering you out. Everyone was welcoming you. There were people running down the viaduct giving high fives to the cars as they were passing by, right? Like it's this sort of instant belonging. Like you belong on the viaduct. You belong here kind of stuff. Instant belonging, instant party, instant connection. Because belonging is actually pretty easy, right? You can belong to your gym. You can belong to a club of some sort. You can belong at a meetup. You can belong at a coffee shop as long as you go there pretty regularly. Your barista knows you. They have conversations with you. They know your drink sometimes. Instant belonging. Belonging is easy. Over the course of our last year, this was our motto. You belong here. You belong here. It's, it's not very challenging of a motto. In fact, it's the first step towards actually building community. In fact, over the course of the past probably three or four months, I've noticed this starting to pop up in different places. This, this is an apartment complex down in Belltown. Their motto is now, you belong here at an apartment complex. UW has a commercial that I saw during one of the college football playoff games that was, oh, oh no, it was during the Rose Bowl. The UW commercial during the Rose Bowl is literally titled, You Belong Here. This idea, this connection, this connotation of you belong here is starting to grow in all sorts of different ways. In fact, it's a project being done by the Seattle Foundation. Like, it's a title of a project for the Seattle Foundation. In fact, Dow Constantine, our county executive, this is the motto for his next phase of being an elected official. This is like his campaign agenda is, you belong here. It's everywhere, all over the place. This idea of belonging, that you can connect and belong with all sorts of different peoples from all sorts of different places. In fact, this was our motto when we first launched. I mean, we're a new church, right? We just started back in April. And this idea that you belong here, we tried to live this to the full, and I think we did a pretty good job. I mean, we marched together. We went to Sounders games together. We brunched together. We served at Tent City Five together. We hiked Paradise together. We served at Queen Anne Days together. We did a pub trivia together. We worshiped together. We sat in living rooms together. You belong here. We did all of these things together over the course of the past year, well, 10, 11 months, in an attempt to create a sense of belonging, an easy sort of thing, a, a not very hard commitment. Just show up. That was, that was, that was all the ask. You, you belong here, and all that's necessary is to just show up, and you'll belong, and we will wrap our arms around you, and we will love you, we will embrace you. Just show up. It's the easiest challenge in the world. Just show up. Just show up. You belong here. 
But it's time for us as a church to take another step, to take another step forward away from the easy of just showing up and actually building something together, building community, building true depth of relationship, of taking this next step forward, which is why we've unveiled this new motto of you'll never walk alone. It's time for us to dive in deeper into relationship, to dive in deeper into each other's lives, to get to know each other on more than just a show up level, but to know each other's greatest hopes and dreams and, and fears and agonies and pain that we can walk together with one another through all of life's goodness and all of life's badness, that together we'll never walk alone. So we put together this manifesto, and this is the second part of the manifesto. We believe in relationships. We believe in the power of community, in face-to-face connections, in learning from others, in knowing others, and being known, that together we can do what cannot be done alone. We believe in these things. We believe that this is important. And it doesn't just come arbitrarily. It doesn't just come out of the ether. It doesn't come out of nowhere. That we find these principles rooted in the very beginning of the church. That in Acts chapter 2, the church got together in this space and in this place to really develop these sorts of relationships that, that in all respects, never walking alone again. This Acts chapter 2 takes place right after Jesus' resurrection. He had resurrected from the dead. They thought that the whole world had come to an end. Their whole world. Everything that they had believed in, everything that they had given their lives to, everything that they had hoped in had just vanished. And then Jesus resurrected from the dead. And they're like, oh, this is a good epilogue. This is new. All right, let's see what goes on here. And for the next 40 days, Jesus hangs out with them, teaching them even more, kind of bringing a sense of clarity into what it was that he had been talking about for the past three and a half years. This beautiful clarity about what it means to be a people of God that follow after the kingdom of God and bringing heaven to earth that these are the conversations that he's having with them over these 40 days. And then he ascends to heaven. He vanishes from their very midst, not to be seen again until he returns at some later date. He's gone and he has left it to them. And so they get together in kind of this, this moment called Pentecost, where the very early foundations and formations of the church start to take place. Like This is like the church's birthday. We celebrate it right after Easter, like like 40 days, literally 40 days after Easter. We celebrate Pentecost as the foundation of the church, the moment that the Holy Spirit came to dwell among the people, to bring everyone together. And they literally showed up. Thousands of people showed up. Low commitment, just show up and you'll belong here. And the Spirit descended on the people, and they performed all these miracles. And then Peter preached in the midst of all of this, and thousands of people were baptized. But then, things got a little bit more challenging. 
It wasn't just this sense of, okay, you belong here, just show up and that's all you got to do. Acts chapter 2 shows what they did next, the very formation of their community, how they founded everything and began to live out their life. And it starts in verse 42. The fellowship of believers is the title, what it looked like for them to come together as a people. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They gathered together to hear letters and stories of what the apostles had been doing and talking about, about who this Jesus was, trying to understand even more fully the depths of Jesus' love, of his grace, of his mercy. But they didn't just do that. They didn't just listen to teaching. They didn't just show up on a Sunday and listen to teaching. It went far beyond that because they devoted themselves to fellowship, to koinonia, this idea that all were one and one were all. This interconnectedness that takes place here, this was the sorts of relationship that they were devoting themselves to, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to eating together, to dining together, and to remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, and to prayer. These were the things that they devoted themselves to, the things that they said, this is what we are about. This is the foundation of a community. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. If you read through the rest of the book of Acts, you see some pretty remarkable sorts of miracles that take place. These signs that the kingdom of God has come near. The signs that the kingdom of God is present in our midst. They were filled with awe and wonder at some crazy, crazy miracles. Perhaps my favorite and one of the weirdest is there was like somebody was healed by Peter's shadow, right? Like as he walked by, somebody was healed by a shadow. I don't get it, right? Like these things are beyond my comprehension, but they're miracles, beautiful things, signs and wonders that the kingdom of God had come near to them. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Everyone. They gathered together in this sense of unity and they had everything in common. Not, not, and when they say everything in common, it was like, oh, everybody has to be a Sounders fan. Everybody has to uh, love the Seahawks. Sorry, Andy and Nicole. Uh, like everybody. <laughs> I know the Eagles, it's coming soon. But it's, it's not those sorts of things in common. Like we use the word in common. It's their lives their lives were in common. That's what was in common. Everything, they shared everything about who they were with one another. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. You'll never walk alone. Anyone that ever struggled or had a financial issue or a problem, there were widows and orphans that were a part of this early church that were struggling to make ends meet. They literally sold stuff so that they would not starve. In fact, in chapter 4, it talks about how Barnabas sells a plot of land. It kind of, this, this whole section, Acts 2, 42 through 47, is reiterated in Acts chapter 4, like almost word for word. And then it talks about Barnabas selling a plot of land to give to those that had need. No one was in need in this community. Every day, 
every day, not once a week, not twice a week, every day, which boggles my mind, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Like this isn't just a small thing that's going on here. This isn't just like a, an open-armed, an open invitation sort of thing of like, oh, you belong here, and this is, just show up. That's all that matters. They did work. They did work with each other. They got to know each other. They knew when someone was in need. They knew when someone had a problem or an issue. They were there. And you could very well say their mantra was, you will never walk alone. We believe in relationships. We believe in the power of community, in face-to-face -face connections, in learning from others, in knowing others and being known, that together we can do what cannot be done alone. It's Acts chapter 2 synthesized into language for us, something that we can rally around and make sense of. It's Acts chapter 2 lived out here. This is our manifesto. This is what we are working towards. No longer, no longer should we be a people that are just showing up, but a people that are beginning to dive deep into the lives of each other in different ways, shapes, and forms. You see, this is how community is different than belonging. We don't want to eschew belonging, by the way. We don't want to toss that out the window. That's a very important thing. And we don't, it's, it's, it's not for naught. It is extremely important. But for us, for us here in this moment, in this place, in this room, it is time for us to take a giant step forward into community into knowing others and being known. I, I, I think that's the hard part, not the knowing others. That's pretty easy, to try and get into the lives of other people. That's, that's the easy part. But being vulnerable, being known, allowing others to know you, that gets difficult. That gets hard. And sometimes it's painful because we have to lay ourselves bare and vulnerable. There's a trust that has to emerge within the community, within the people, within us. Henry Nouwen once said, Christian community is the place where we keep the flame of hope alive among us and take it seriously so that it can grow and be stronger in us. You see, these early Christians gathered together they gathered together to keep the flame of hope alive among them, among themselves. This idea that Jesus had resurrected, that they had seen it with their own eyes, that he had been around for 40 days, and now they were sharing that story of his eventual return with one another. They were keeping this flame of hope alive, that together, together they could do some really remarkable things in announcing the kingdom of God coming near. That this love, this grace, this mercy, this peace of God is here, present, now. 
And now one says, this is the difference between community and belonging. That is the difference between community and belonging that you can have this flame of hope kept alive. He says, in community, we learn what it means to confess our weakness and to forgive each other. In community, we discover our own woundedness, but also a place of healing. In community, we learn true humility. Without community, we become individualistic and egocentric. Therefore, spiritual formation always includes formation to life in community. Transformation is only possible together. Being changed and molded and shaped by the ways of Jesus can only happen together. This is why they devoted themselves. The early church devoted themselves to gathering together was because the only way that transformation happened was together as one, as a people. We are all created in the image of God. Every single one of us is created in the image of God and we need each other. But here's the thing. Not only were we created in the image of God, but the relationship that we have with each other is this. It's the God in you sees the God in me. Being created in the image of God, the God in you sees the God in me. That together we're able to eschew all of the stuff all of the stuff that kind of blinds us to our own humanity, that blinds us to the fact that we were made in the image of God, that that image of God in you sees that image of God in me. This is the foundation and the basis of community. This is the foundation and the basis of the church, that we are people, that we are humans, created in this image of God, and that together we can come as one with all things in common. This is community. And it's more than belonging. It's so much more than belonging. It's connecting on a deep level with one another, working with one another. As Dr. King called this kind of idea, he called it the beloved community. The beloved community. And what's so beautiful about the idea of the beloved community is that we cannot walk alone. He said this in the I Have a Dream speech. Talking about the beloved community, we cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back. You'll never walk alone. This is the beloved community that together we begin to see the God in one another, the image of God made visible and present in each other, moving forward as a people, moving forward as a people, never turning back, always marching forward. I've experienced community in a lot of different ways in my life. And, and I know that, that this is kind of grandiose, that this whole idea of community, of the beloved community, of, of this you'll never walk alone is really big. It's really grandiose. It's, it's like 50,000 foot sort of stuff that sometimes feels really hard to be able to latch onto or grab or, or hold onto. I, I've seen community in a lot of different places. 
in a lot of different ways. And perhaps the best community that I've ever seen take place is in a church. And the reason why is because it is people that come together from different backgrounds and different places, different walks of life coming together. As I look around this room, it's kind of funny. Every Sunday I stand up here and I look out across this room and I'm a little floored because this group of people would never come together under any other circumstances. We have virtually nothing in common with one another. I, I, virtually nothing in common. We have some likes, and we try and grasp around some of those likes to kind of pull us together, but for the most part, we have virtually nothing in common. I mean, there's not one thing that you would say, yes, this is us, right? Like, this is the thing. But yet we find this beautiful sense of community here in this place because there's something magical and mystical and wizardry-like that comes together because of the Holy Spirit binding us together, holding us together. And I've never seen community better than in a church. I've also seen community go really, really, really badly in a church, like really poorly, really horribly and terribly. It's true. It happens. It is possible. Where we need to be different as a people is that we are quick to forgive, but also quick to ask for an apology or quick to apologize. That we need to be the ones that are quick to find reconciliation with one another, to say where we have been wounded, where we have been hurt, where we have been pushed aside or cast aside, and to where we don't feel like we're together with others, but we actually feel alone. We need to voice those things together here in this space and allow this newness of community to come together and be forged in the crucible of relationship. And so I have two challenges for us this morning, two things that, that can kind of help us begin to take that giant step forward into community. The first being the same challenge that we had last week. At the end of our service, at the end of our gathering this morning, go talk to someone that you have never talked with before and trade numbers and go grab coffee or a drink. I don't know how many of y'all did that last week. I'm not even going to ask because I'm going to make it again. Do it. Get to know each other. Spend the last 10 minutes before you leave and go out to lunch with somebody. Maybe grab lunch with somebody. Walk up to the Ave and go have lunch at Homegrown. Go have lunch at, at uh, the Five Spot. I, I, don't, I don't care. Go hang out with someone that you have never hung out with before and just hear their story. Where are you from? Y'all know that Taylor's from Georgia. <laughs> and she, I know, but you really emphasized it this morning. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And we know you just got back, so it's thicker than normal, right? <laughs> but get to know where you're from. Get to know what you do for work. Surfacey sorts of things. But then, then take a step forward and say, what's your faith story? What did that look like? Or where are you at? Because you may not have a faith story just yet. 
And that's okay. But ask those questions. Take that step forward at lunch, coffee, drinks throughout the week. Figure something out, but get together. Get to know one another deeply. Because it's only then that this mantra of you'll never walk alone will actually be possible. It's only then that it's possible. The second thing is get to know each other in a different setting called small groups, community groups, whatever you want to call them. We have two groups that are meeting currently, well, one group that's meeting currently right now on Thursday nights, and a second one that is about to launch called Reunion Groups, just an opportunity. We're going to do a book study over the course of eight weeks, an opportunity for us that, to kind of journey deeper into our faith, to understand what it is. And it's for anybody, no matter what your faith story is, whether you would consider yourself to be not at all religious or spiritual in any way, shape, or form, or whether you would say, yeah, I've been doing this for 50 years. I got this which is nobody in this room, <laughs> but it's for them too, right? Like gather together in that space. And what you can do is you can go to unitedchurch.group and sign up. You can go to unitedchurch.group and sign up for either one of those groups. And the, the reunion group, when we launch that in a few weeks, we'll figure out when that will be together. And there's only a couple actually openings for that. We're trying to keep that one really tight and really small. So there's only a couple more spaces left on that one. So make sure you sign up for that if you're really interested, if you're really intrigued. But the other group, the Thursday night group, is still open as well. And I think they're meeting at Jen's place right now, which is pretty awesome. So sign up for a group. See? It's perfect. So sign up for a group. Get involved in something there. Or the third option is maybe you want to start your own group. That's cool, too. Do it. It's free. It's open. Do it. If there's something you're like, hey, I want to study something. I want to, I want to spend time together with people. I want to do a brunch group. Do a brunch group. It's super easy. The whole idea is that we're gathering together to pray with one another, to eat with one another, to celebrate the joys and the struggles with one another, that together you will never walk alone. So those are the two challenges. Pretty simple. I'm just saying, pretty simple. However, it requires us to do more than just show up. That is the next iteration of our community. That is the next step that we are taking as a crew, as a people, as a tribe, as a village, as a church, whatever you want to call this thing. It's the next step that we are taking as united. Is to never walk alone, to do more than show up, and to invest deeply in each other's lives, to be and to develop a community. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your son. And we thank you for the example of the early church who centered themselves so heavily around Jesus, who centered themselves around the coming of the kingdom of God that had come near in and through them. Father, as a people, we are taking this next step. We're trying to leap forward into developing depth of relationship, of doing more than showing up. So, Father, please bless us in this. Push us in this. Prod us in this. Challenge us deeply in this. Remind us of your goodness, of your mercy, of your grace, and of your peace together and fan the flame of hope in your Son. It's in his name that we pray all of these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's homily. 
If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at noon at 1316 3rd Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.